You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Good morning. Good morning. It's so great to see you guys this morning. My name is Donna. I'm on staff here at Cypher Christian Church as the pastor and administrative assistant. Welcome. If you are our guest, um, we would love to know that you were here. There's connection cards in the back of the pew. If you will take a few minutes, fill that out, drop it in the offering basket. That would be awesome. CFCC is not just a building, it's a body. It's not just a body, but a body of Christ. And we gather to express that unity in Christ. So we're hoping that you, you feel his presence this morning and you take time as you worship to breathe him in. Got lots of things to share with you this morning. First of all, you probably noticed that our kids are not in the usual front rows. They're with their family. Every fifth Sunday, our kids join us in service. So you see one of these little people, just take time to let them know you appreciate them being here with us. Um, lots of announcements to go through with you. First thing I'd like to share is inside your bulletin, there's a flyer, elders at CFCC. It is elder nomination time, and we need your help. We need you to um, read through, see what the criteria is, and if there's someone that you believe fits that criteria, please put their name on the bottom of the back, and there's a nomination box in the back of the sanctuary for you to drop that into. Um, we also have, you can also see in here, life group sign up. Still going on in the foyer. You can sign up on the app or you can go to our website. You'll see there's lots of different types of groups, so lots of different days that we meet. So we encourage you to find a way to get connected in one of these life groups. We also have a fall retreat coming up for students. That's here and the sign up is also listed. We are doing Adopt a Teacher. You guys have all been great at bringing your things in and participating in that, and Brodigan will be so thankful for all the gifts that have been received. This Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m., Sherry is gathering um, all of the, the things that have been donated in the Connection Center, and they're gonna start packaging and getting those things together. If you would like to be a part of that, just come. She will definitely have something for you to do to be a part of that. Our fall festival is coming up, October 27th. And the most important thing for us to know right now about that is that we need volunteers. And there's a sign-up table in the foyer for that as well, or you can sign up on our app or on our website. And it could be anything from donating candy. There's two little monster, little cans out there you can put candy in to bring, or you can help us by running a snow cone machine or a cotton candy machine. Any, any of those areas would be great. And there's, like I said, opportunities to sign up for that. Um, let's see, what else? We're still looking for our Quest Kids volunteers. I don't have the numbers for you, but I do know that there are still openings and opportunities for you to do that. And again, you can do that on our website. Okay, so a lot going on. Good morning, church family. Happy Sunday. Um, so as we move into this time of offering, I wanted to dwell for a moment on who God is. I like thinking about the different aspects of God. I don't know about you guys. Um, and it's no, no mistake that y'all are here this morning, that we're here. Um, I'm excited to see what the Lord um, brings to us. So um, it's so easy to get caught up in our life and just, you know, not think about what's right in front of us and to, you know, look down and not look up. And for the next couple of minutes, I just want us to, to look up. So I realize this is risky, but if you would, if you would close your eyes, I'm going to just read, you know, some of the aspects of who God is and just... 
let it sink in and just breathe and just let it, let it wash over you if you would close your eyes. Our God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is God Almighty, the Holy One, the I Am. Our God is Yahweh. He is love. He is spirit. He is a miracle-working God, the creator of the world. He is infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, unchangeable. Our God is Jehovah. He is a covenant-making God, the everlasting Father. He is a Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He is the author of salvation. He is full of power. Our God is a God who raises from the dead. He is mighty to save. He is our maker. He is our heavenly Father. He is meeting our needs through Jesus. Our God is giving us the peace that surpasses understanding. He is Jesus of Nazareth, the door of the sheep, the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Our God is the Lamb of God. He is the breath of life, the bread of life, the bright and morning star. He is the light of the world. Our God is Emmanuel. He is our wonderful counselor. He is the head of the church, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God is the word. He is faithful and true. He is our sure foundation. Our God never leaves us or forsakes us. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Our God is our Lord. He is our life, our savior, our redeemer, our teacher, healer, deliverer, our resurrection, our strength and our righteousness. He is our peace and our advocate. He is our faithful high priest. Our God is pleased to give us his kingdom. He gives us his name. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He anoints us for service. He fills us with wisdom and spiritual understanding. He gives us his armor. He is faithful to complete the work he began in us. Our God is rich in mercy. He is giving us all things to enjoy. Our God is saying, well done, my good and faithful servants. He receives all the glory. Our God is worthy of praise. And he is saying to everyone, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. If you would bow with me. Father God, thank you so much for this beautiful day you've given us. Thank you for pulling us together like only you can. Lord, we just ask that you would bless these offerings as only you can, the creator of the universe. Lord, these are just so so small, but we give them back to you, Lord, and we just pray that through our giving that we would just see you and that you would open our, our eyes even more to who you are and let us see the gift of your son, Jesus. It's in his name that we pray, amen. Uh, my name is Travis Wright. I lead children's discipleship here at SciFair Christian Church. And on a normal Sunday, right about now, the kids are upstairs, InQuest kids, the elementary kids are, and, and we're in the middle of our large group lesson. Um, and, and since our elementary kids are joining us in here this week, uh, because it's a fifth Sunday, we're going to give you just a small taste of what that might be like. So if we can start by just having all of our elementary kids come up to the front like they normally do, we'll just get all you guys right up here. Yeah, you're going to come up with me, Ash. Sam, you're right here for now. Come on up. Oh, this is going to be good. I like this. Look at him, he's already looking at his dad. He knows what's coming. Ash, I have a question for you, sir. I know that like you and your dad roughhouse and stuff like that. Can you pick up your dad? Absolutely 
cannot. You cannot pick up your dad. What, what if you weren't doing it by yourself? Well, then, yeah. Well, then, oh, well, sweet. Because I think we should do that. Help me spread this blanket out. Yeah. It is a big blanket. This is the blanket that I bring to camp every year. Like, people know, oh, Mr. Travis is in the storm. The blanket's here. Let's just put it right here on the floor. Spread it out. We're good. Um, and, and now you need to get your dad. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This is not, this is not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. I don't know what he's talking about. So your job is simple. All you have to do is lay on the blanket. It's really simple. What could go wrong, right? Yeah, no, nothing. It's going to be super easy. Okay. Ash, now you said that you could not lift him by yourself, but we have lots of help right here, and they are waiting to help you. So, we're going to start with the, the other kids who are in your second and Should third I sign grade a waiver? small group. Should I sign some kind of waiver? For There's us? no need for waivers. Okay. The insurance for the church has you. You're good. Okay. So if you're in the second and third grade class on Sunday mornings, come on up here. Can we get some maybe some fifth graders? Maybe. We'll see. Junior hires. Um, you guys need to get on the sides of the blanket and just grab the blanket with both hands. Oh, boy. All right. Let's see if we can lift him. <laughs> All right, gently put him down. Gently put him down. Perfect. You guys can have a seat. Kevin, I realized there'll be paybacks, but it was worth it. I survived. Thank you, thank you. So here's the thing, guys. Today, one of the things we're going to talk about in here is the story of the prodigal son. And lots of you are familiar with that story. In that story, there's a young man, makes some really bad choices. Gets some money from his dad, goes to another part of where he lives, not by home, and then makes really bad choices with what he does with that money. If you can make a wrong decision, he's making the wrong decision. Anytime he has a choice between, here's a good idea, something that God would want me to do, something that's wise, and here's a bad idea, which one is he choosing? The bad idea. And eventually, this young man gets to the point where he realizes, man, I have messed everything up. I used to have a really good life. But because of what I'm doing, it's all gone. And, and he realizes that he now is in a situation where he's an outcast, where he's doing jobs that no one else will do, where he's eating things no one else would eat. And he realizes that there's still a chance for him. But it's not something he can do alone. He realizes he needs help from his father, the man that he was awful to, the man that he took money from and wasted it. And so the Bible tells us in Luke that he goes back home and while he's going home, he's practicing his speech. He's basically going to be like, man, I was awful. I feel so horrible. Could you please take me back? Maybe, maybe I could be like a worker at your house. Like I, I know I've messed everything up so bad. Maybe I can be a worker. But 
the father changes everything because when he sees his son coming, he runs out and offers him help that he didn't expect. And he welcomes him back with open arms and says, you're my son. And, and as Christians, we have really cool opportunities in life. We get to be the people that offer that help to someone else sometimes. There's going to be people that you come across that need help to get out of a situation. They maybe don't deserve the help. They maybe have done some things that make you say, well, I don't want to help that person. But when you choose to help them, you're choosing to love them the same way God loves us. We've talked about it lots in Quest Kids that because of our sin, we're separated from God. We don't deserve to be with him anymore. But he gave us Jesus to help get back to God. And so when you choose to help people in that you come across in your life, you're showing them that kind of love. And the other side of that coin is that sometimes you're gonna be the one that needs help. And in that moment, know that even though maybe you haven't made the best choices, even though you need someone else to rescue you, you're still loved. And you're still a unique creation of God. And so we're gonna be talking a little bit more about that today in our sermon. And so while you guys are heading back to your seats with your family, I'm just gonna read that whole section from Luke, okay? Before we do that, let's pray. Then you guys head back while I read that story from Luke. Father God, thank you for allowing us to be um, the, the hands and feet on this earth that offer your help. Give us opportunities to offer assistance and the wisdom to offer it jubilantly and with the joy that you help us. Your name I pray, amen. All right, you guys can head back while I read to you guys from Luke about the prodigal son. This is Luke chapter 15, and it starts at verse 11. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But then he came to himself and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, 
Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew next to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him and said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. It's already been a good day. Some great teaching by Travis and what the kids have taught us. Um, we find ourselves here in the middle of our, our series, Finding Your Way Back to God. And I want to ask you a question. I want to start off and ask you, have you ever been in a situation where you needed help, where you really were in a jam, where you really needed help? You couldn't fix it on your own. You didn't have a solution and you really needed somebody else to bail you out. Have you ever been in a situation like that? We've been in lots of situations like that, I'm sure. One recent that I can think of, I, I like to tinker. I don't know a whole lot about you know, trucks, but I've, cars or trucks, but I've learned over the years, and I like to tinker, and my AC compressor went out on my truck. And I thought, you know what? I think YouTube, you know? I mean, you can solve anything with YouTube. So I go to YouTube, I get an aftermarket compressor because I'm gonna save a little money. I got all the tools, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work this out. And I get this part in and it just won't go in my truck. Turns out, after like a day of trying to get it to work, that the holes weren't bored in the right places and it just wasn't ever gonna fit. And so I finally take it into my mechanic who I, I know really well and he goes, he basically just reams me out and says, what were you thinking? You can't do something like this on your own. Even if you had gotten it in and you turned it on, it would have shot shreds of metal all through your system and you would have destroyed your air conditioning system anyway. Let me handle it. And I just put, hung my head down and said, you're right. And I learned my lesson that day that there are some things that I just can't fix myself. There are some things that, that we have you know, gotten into, some jams that are kind of funny, some things that are sort of harmless. But then there are some areas in our lives where we've gotten in some jams and, and we've gotten into some situations that, we, that have severe consequences and we can't fix them ourselves. And we're in the middle of this five-week series about the five awakenings that it takes for us to find our way back to God. And 
We've been looking at the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. And like the prodigal, we often try to find fulfillment for our longings, for our desires, for the things that, that we that are in the deepest parts of our hearts. And we try to find fulfillment in those things and it, and it always leads us to disappointment. We go down these paths and we try and find fulfillment in our own terms and it always leads us to disappointment and that disappointment always leads us to regret. Dale talked about that last week. And at that moment where we come face to face with the consequences of our decisions, we come to a crossroads where we can go one of two directions. Unfortunately, many of us move in the direction of what we called last week the sorry cycle, where we have a longing and we try to fulfill it in the wrong ways and it leads us back again to regret. And so we think, you know what? I know what'll fulfill me this time. I know what I can chase down. And so we chase down that longing and guess what? Again, it leads us to disappointment and leads us to regret. And we get stuck in that cycle. And you know, many of us have taken a spin or two in the sorry cycle, haven't we? But we can get caught in this cycle of longing and regret even if we're Christ followers, even if we've been Christians our whole lives. This isn't something that we just learn uh, you know, right before Jesus saves us and then all of those, those things go away, all of those longings and all of those desires go away. This is something that we continue to have to learn over and over and over again. Their awakenings, these five awakenings are things that we need to come back to time and time again, similar to the 12 steps of AA. What is the first step of, of AA? It's that we admit that we are what? That we're powerless, that's right, powerless to overcome this addiction, or this thing that we're longing after. And a, and a person that goes through AA doesn't have to just just go through that step once. They have to go through it their whole lives over and over and over again. And it's the same way for these five awakenings. Anyone who has struggled with addiction will tell you that 80% of the struggle over that addiction comes with that first step to say, I am powerless over this and I cannot overcome this addiction by myself. But the hard part, that's the hardest part is asking for help saying, I need help, I can't do it on my own. And my daughter, when she was little, you know, any time that we tried to you know, dress her or put her shoes on or, or brush her teeth, she would say, I do it myself, do it myself. And she would be so stubborn about it until finally, after trying and trying and trying, she would realize that she couldn't do it herself and that she would need help from one of us. The thing about it is though, we never really outgrow that, do we? It's hard for us to ask for help. We are, we are proud people. We never really grow out of that phase. But maybe today, maybe today you find yourself in a place where you finally realize that you can't do it yourself. That you don't have the solution. That these longings that you're chasing after aren't gonna fulfill you. Maybe you're tired of spinning in that sorry cycle. 
And it's in the third awakening where we can find a new direction. That's what we're gonna talk about today. This awakening can change the course of our future and it's the awakening to help. To saying, I don't have the answers. In this step, we stop trying to fix ourselves and find fulfillment. In this step, we realize that we can't do this on our own. And the prayer is this. We've been asking you to to make this wager with God and to pray over the next 30 days that God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. That was the first prayer that that we asked you to pray over the next 30 days when we began this series And I want to add a little addendum onto it for today. And it's, God, if you're real, make yourself real to me and awaken in me the willingness to turn toward you for help. And later on in this service here today, we're going to give you the opportunity to do that, to turn toward God for help. But before we do that, I want to talk about the reception that you're going to receive when you do. What kind of God do we encounter when we come back home? What kind of father is waiting there for us when we come back home? Luke chapter 15, verse 20, says that the young man arose and came to his father, but while his father was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. It's this, this is the father that we see in the story of the prodigal son. Jesus tells us that the son walked the journey home and while he was a long way off, the father saw him and filled with compassion for him, he ran to his son. Who is waiting for the son to return? The God who runs. That's who's waiting for him. The God who runs. This is a big deal. This point right here is a big deal, especially in the first century Middle East, important men didn't run. I mean, first of all, he would have to pull up the bottom of his robe, exposing his legs, which would be shameful, and run to him. Culturally, it was just looked down upon. Think about it in our terms. You've never really seen the president of the United States run across the lawn to meet some other foreign official, haven't you? Have you? No, it's, it's, it's odd to see important people run. They just don't do it. Running for them is undignified, and in this case, it's inappropriate. But there's something else significant about this father who runs to his son And as Jesus tells the story, the audience would have been listening to it and they would have been having a hard time actually understanding this painting that Jesus is is helping them imagine. They would have really had a hard time to do it because in their day, a boy who had taken all of his father's inheritance and squandered it among the Gentiles would have received a very, very, very different reception when he came home. The people there, as he entered the gates of the city or of the village, would have intercepted this young man. They would have seen him coming from a long way off. And they would have intercepted him there at the gates and performed a ceremony called the Kazeza. Say that with me, Kazeza. I'm not sure we're pronouncing it right, but we're all pronouncing it wrong together. Kazeza. 
And the ceremony looked like this. They would, they would take a clay pot and they would smash it on the ground there in front of the young man. And they would take up a broken piece of this clay pot and they would have said something like, you have broken our community like this clay pot. You've broken our community and now you are cut off from us never to return. And this piece of clay, the Greeks called it an ostraca, ostraca, where we get the word ostracize. And the boy would have been shunned and turned away there at the city gates. That's the reception that this young man would have gotten. Maybe that's the reception that this young man should have gotten. But the father here in this story has a different idea. He had no reason, think about this, no reason to expect his son. When we read the story, it's just a few verses long, and the passage of time goes by quickly. We have no idea how long this father waited. There were no phone calls, there were no texts. Maybe some of you parents are familiar with something like that. <laughs> how long was he gone? Was he gone days, weeks, months, maybe years? Meanwhile, this father was an important man and he had business to attend to. He had work to do. He had many affairs to take care of, to, 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 to accomplish while the son was gone. And he's probably got friends telling him, forget about that worthless son. Move on with your life. I mean, he basically wished you were dead. Move on with your life. And yet the father does not. And when he sees the sun on the horizon there, he runs toward him. He takes off running, humiliating himself in front of everyone, intercepting his son before the village, before the other people can humiliate him and shame him. Before anyone can say, you are cut off from us, the father envelops his son at the entrance. This is the God who waits for you to come home. Do you understand this? Do you understand that this is the God? Do you have a different picture in your head? Because if so, you need to recalibrate it. You need to rethink it because this is what Jesus says is waiting for us when we come home, when we come to the point where we admit that we've blown it and recognize, you know what, I can't do this on my own. I need help. This is how God responds to us, and this is the God that we'll find, the God who runs. The God who's willing to take on the shame, the God who's willing to take on the humiliation, the God who's willing to sacrifice for his child. And this is an image that reminds me of, of a story that happened several years ago was an Olympic athlete named Derek Redmond, U.S. track star. And Redmond's career throughout was frustrated by injury. Um, he, was a, he was a very athletic man, very well accomplished, but he just struggled to get over the hurdles of injury. And by the 92 Olympics in Barcelona, he had had five operations, including one operation on his Achilles tendon less than four months before this race. 
But in Barcelona, things were actually looking good. He'd actually was going smoothly. Things were starting to come together. It looked like he was gonna be able to hold up and he was running well, the fastest time of the first round and he won in the quarterfinal heat. And so in the semifinal race, he gets off to a clean start and about 150 meters into the race, his right hamstring tore. And as it did, he stopped and fell to the ground. But he knew this is his dream. He knew he had to finish this race. And so he jumps up and despite the pain, begins hobbling around the track. And it was at this moment that I think one of the most incredible stories in sports history happens. Let's watch. I don't have any idea who won that race. Um, I don't think anybody does. That's an image that, for those of us who saw it, we'll never forget. Who is the man that ran to Redmond on the track? It's his dad. I mean, one of the most powerful things about that is him shooing everybody else away, stiff arming them, saying no. This is my son. God is the father who runs. He runs to you. And when we awaken to help and we decide to come home, we'll discover that help has a name. And his name is Jesus. Help has a name and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the God who is with us. He was sent by God the Father, the Son, to live among us fully God and fully human. And this was the only way that we were gonna be able to know God. C.S. Lewis, just a brilliant, logical thinker, puts it this way, that the only way that Hamlet in the story that Shakespeare wrote, the only way that Hamlet could ever discover anything about Shakespeare would be if Shakespeare wrote himself into the play. The author of the story wrote himself into our story, wrote himself into our story, into history by coming to earth to live among us and do life with us and sacrifice his life for us. And people have wondered and speculated who God is and what he is like. But in Jesus, God became flesh. He became Emmanuel, God with us, so that we could know him, so that we couldn't just speculate and wonder, but so that we would know who he was. And this is unique, by the way, to Jesus, to Christianity, that God would enter the story. 
And it's the reason that he's findable. It's the reason that we can find our way back to God if you're yearning. And so what kind of God is waiting for you when you come home, when you decide that you need help, you find a God who is present with you, promising to never leave his own, shooing away those who would come to intercept you. We find a God who's full of grace, refusing to condemn us even when that's what we deserve. What kind of God do we find? We find a God who is humble, bending down to care for our needs. A God who is for us, sacrificing himself when we are helpless to save ourselves. What kind of God is waiting for us when we come home? The God we see in Jesus. And so, as I said, maybe for you today, today is the day that you are finally awakening to help. Maybe today is the day that you finally realize that you can't do it on your own and you want to come home. And we've, we've made this wager here since the beginning of this series that God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. And if you've been praying that prayer, I'm willing to bet that God is beginning to do that. God is making himself known to you. And maybe he's making himself known to you right now. Perhaps you've been in a far off country like the prodigal, spending extravagantly, living extravagantly, and you're realizing that you're just caught in this cycle of longing and regret, and you're ready to make a new decision. And maybe you've been hesitant, though, to make that decision, hesitant to return. Maybe pride has kept you from saying, I need help. Maybe you don't really want to ask for help. Maybe you've lived your own kind of kazeza ceremony, just assuming and expecting the worst and, and telling yourself that you can't return. And I want to say to you here this morning that if that is you, you can always come home. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, you can always come home. There's a God who's scanning the horizon for you, ignoring the people telling him, you know what, don't waste your time. They're not worth it. Ignoring the other things that that he has to do. There's a father that's scanning the horizon waiting for you to come home. And if you choose to come home today, he'll run to you. He's not gonna wait for you to make the walk of shame up the driveway. And when you finally make your way home, you will find that help has a name. And his name is Jesus And so some of you here today have never made a commitment to Jesus. God is answering your prayer right now. He's making himself real to you. He's making himself known to you. And you realize I need to make a decision. 
And maybe today is that day for you. You know, throughout scripture, we see baptism as a symbol of a person's repentance and acknowledgement that they can't save themselves. And maybe today is the day that you finally decide that I wanna publicly do that. I wanna declare to everyone that I can't help myself and I recognize, acknowledge that Jesus is the only one who can save me. And you wanna make that important step in your relationship with Jesus and be baptized. I encourage you to really think through that. He's waiting with open arms. For others of us, we've already made a commitment to Jesus, but we've wandered away. And as I said, it's something that we constantly have to relearn, these awakenings. We're ready to admit that we can't do it on our own and we need to surrender to the one who wants more for our lives than we could ever imagine. Surrender, by the way, is not, in this context, not giving up. It's really giving in to Jesus who has more for us. We're giving him our hearts, we're giving him our wills, and we're asking him to make us new again. Maybe that's the decision that you need to make today. And so today we're gonna ask you to, to step out and encourage and say, I need help. Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I'm ready to return to the Father. I'm ready to come home. Our prayer partners are gonna come up to the front. Our communion servers are gonna come up to the front. And we're gonna combine our invitation here with the Lord's Supper. And if you need to be reminded of the grace of Jesus, communion is a beautiful way to be reminded of it. If you wanna make a decision today to follow Jesus, to commit to him with your life, maybe a decision to, to be baptized, our prayer partners are up here and they're available for you. They're gonna be here in between our communion servers and they're gonna be available in the back. Maybe you're just struggling. Maybe you're just having difficulty with all this. God is making himself real to you, but you, you, you just don't quite have the will to do it, and you just need prayer. Our prayer partners are available to you here today. Let's be reminded of the grace that we find in Jesus Christ. Let's be reminded of the God who welcomes us when we come home. Let's be reminded that he's not a God who stays far off, but a God who runs. We take communion by dipping the bread into the cup. And so our communion servers are gonna go ahead and come and get in their spots. One server will break off the bread for you and you'll take that bread and they'll say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. You see, he was willing to endure the humiliation. He was willing to endure the shame and the sacrifice. This is the blood of Christ and you'll take that bread and you'll dip it into the cup which represents the blood that was poured out for us to make a way for us. Again, our prayer partners are here. Our communion servers are here. Let's celebrate the love that God has for us, that he is a God who runs.
Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the story of the prodigal that I feel just sums you up in such a beautiful way. We tell ourselves these stories. We, we have these pictures in our mind of who you are, God, and, and Jesus just dismantles all of that. Not only for the people who were hearing the story for the first time, but for us here today, we find in the story, God, that you are a father who's willing to run to us. We're ready to come home, Father, and we thank you that you're waiting for us with open arms. We praise you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Won't you come?